Chronicle 5. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen. Never ceases to amaze me that no matter how many times I try to get things done and have everything ready, I'm missing something. Amen. But we have it now. Amen. Psalm 119, verses 105 through 112. The Bible says this in 105, says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not for from thy precepts. The, thy testimony have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes, always, even unto the end. Amen. Praise God. I want us to lay our Bibles down. I want us to open our hearts to heaven and ask him, God, speak to my heart through your word today. God, let me be changed. Can you do that this morning? Lord, we love you, God. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. I'm praying today, God, that you would give us the strength that we need, God, to abide in your presence, Jesus. I pray that you would allow the Holy Ghost to have free course in this sanctuary this morning. Lord, bind our hearts and our minds together, Jesus. Let us, God, abide in you, Lord, in this sanctuary this morning. Help us to find that place in the Holy Ghost where you would have us to be at today. We praise your holy name, Jesus. We glorify you. Can we give him a hand clap of praise here this morning? Oh, we love you. Jesus, we magnify you. You are worthy to receive honor. We magnify you, Jesus. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, I don't know what it sounds like out there. We, we're trying a new mic. We tried dialing in last night, so if you hear some squealing and some low-end roaring, um, I'll try to quick, quickly fix it. But um, if it's too loud out there, let me know so we can turn it down a little bit. Amen. What's that? The wind. The wind is making some ruckus out there. And uh, this old building, you can hear it creaking under the power of the wind this morning. But you know what? There's, there's some wind on the inside called the Holy Ghost power. Amen. Amen. And I've come this morning to consume, be consumed by that spirit today. Amen. Praise God. And so, amen. Let's, let's delve into the word of the Lord this morning. I, I don't really know exactly how this is going to come out this, this morning. It's something that I've, I've uh, me and Brother Tuffy talked about it a little bit. Um, I was at the Howells home the other day. They're not here this morning because his, his hip's giving him some issues today. And, but uh, while I was at their house last Monday, this began to grow in my heart. Amen. And then last night, Brother Darren got cornered in, in the fellowship hall. I preached to him for a little while uh, last night when nobody was here, and uh, I went home, 
and I began asking God, God, is this just something that is just my candy stick, or is this something we need to hear today? And I hope and pray that I, I, I long and endeavor to make sure that I always follow the leading of the Spirit. And this morning, I've got such a heavy heart, um, and also, I have what I hope and what I see as an encouragement this morning. So what I'm hoping this morning is somebody, not only does God prick your heart, but God also begins to encourage you through his word. Amen. We're going to find all kinds of things in the word of the Lord this morning. I hope and pray that uh, if you've got your Bibles, the, the whole message around what we're going to be talking about this morning, I'm going to be talking from this title, and I don't know if, if it's up there already, but my title this morning, we're going to talk about the overcoming power of the Word of God. The overcoming power of the Word of God. Amen. I don't want to, I don't want to be so, I don't want to be dull and dry, but I also want to get my point across this morning. And uh, I, I want to have a, a powerful time around these altars today. Amen. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate the importance of responding to what you hear. Amen. And allowing it to be planted into your heart this morning. Praise God. Just because you come to an old-fashioned altar doesn't mean that you're a, you're a horrible, no-good-for-nothing person. Can I get an amen? Well, how about the rest of you? <laughs> amen. I'm telling you this morning, what, what that means is when I come down to an altar, that's just me telling God, hey, you spoke to me this morning, and I want your word to be applied to my life. Amen. And, and this is just me making an action, of state, a statement of faith. God, I'm stepping out from where I'm at today, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to kneel in an altar, and I'm going to let your word saturate my life today. Amen. Praise God. I don't know about you. That's what I came for today. Amen. If, if nobody else comes to these altars, will you just let me pray in these altars for a little while this morning? Amen. I need the Word of God to wash me, to cleanse me, to make me and mold me into what He needs me to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. That thing is not like me right now. Amen. I, I read in our hearing this morning um, a portion of Scripture. If you ever read Psalm 119, Psalm 119 is all about the Word of God. Um, everything in there refers to the statute of God. It refers to His Word. It refers to um, all kinds of different fashions of the Word of the Lord. And this morning I read to you from a portion that started with the words, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And uh, I'm turning there in my Bible so that I can have it here ready, amen. But that simply means, how many of you have ever gone out into uh, the yard at night and, and you can't really see much of anything? I know at my house, it's pretty, much, it's pretty black around my house unless I turn my house lights on, on the outside, and then it looks like Fort Knox. Um, and uh, sometimes that's okay. But, you know, there are other times I just want to sit out there and I want to look up at the sky and see the stars shining down on me. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. But there are times when I, I go out there and I go out into the woods where my house lights don't reach and I need something to light up the pathway in front of me so that I don't come up on something 
trip on something, uh, hurt myself on something that I didn't know was already there. And uh, so I take out there with me a flashlight, right? Hey, man, you know what I'm talking about this morning. I'm not, I'm not getting into uh, deep philosophy today. Um, but I go outside and I have a flashlight and I'm lighting my pathway. Why? So that I don't get hurt on my way through the woods to find what I'm looking for. And uh, so is our walk with God. Amen. This world is a dark, dark place. It is a place where there is not much light, and I, I, I would dare say there is not much hope available to those, amen, that are only seeking the things of the world. But I can tell you this, that there is a light that is shining ever so brightly all around us if we would just apply it to our lives, and it's this thing called the Word of God, the Scripture, the Bible, whatever you want to refer to it as. This right here is what lights my spiritual path as I walk through this dark world. Amen. Praise God. In fact, salvation, amen, is found through the light of his word. Amen. We come out of darkness into his, the scripture says, his marvelous light. Amen. He lights my pathway. He directs my steps. He begins to lead me and guide me. And let me tell you something. I've tried it without him, and I, and I can promise you this much. Amen. Maybe I haven't experienced what some of you have experienced in your lifetime, but I can promise you this. I've tried to live my life without God. I've tried to make decisions on my own, but Brother Mendez, every time I ended up back on my face before God saying, God, where are you today? Because I've messed up. And I need some direction and I need some light in my pathway today. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. In this passage of scripture, there's, there's so much beauty here. But for time's sake, I don't want to hold us very long because I feel like God wants to do something in this sanctuary this morning in somebody's life. If you'll just respond to the word of God today. Amen. There is overcoming power in the word of God. Amen. It's through the word of God and through the power of his spirit. Amen. That we can overcome situations in life. Not only situations but temptation can be thwarted in our life if we just surrender ourselves to him. Amen. Dare I say it, but we don't, when we come to God, it doesn't take a 12-step program to get to the place where God wants us to be. In fact, I have watched, amen, at times, Sister Veronica, where God would reach down in somebody's life and he would pick them up out of the muck and the mire of sin. Amen. Wherever he could grab a hold of them and he pulls them up out of there and he puts them out on the solid rock and allows him. Did you think I was going to pick you up? He allows us to know what it's like to have a sure foot. How many of you ever been in life and you felt like you were sinking in over your head sometimes? Yeah, me too. But let me tell you something. There's a God who loves us so much. He don't care where you're at right now. He don't care what you're doing right now. All he cares about is are you reaching up to him asking for help? He, he's not going to just show up and just pull you out just because. He wants to know, do you want to come out? If you want to come out, just reach out to him. 
And you let him know, God, here I am. I can't get out of this situation myself. And guess what he does? He just reaches down and he pulls you up. Amen. Sometimes it's hard. I, I, I was watching some videos of, of uh, uh, grain bins. You guys ever seen those grain safety uh, videos that they put out there and how to get folks out? I, I think you probably had to go through some training around that being in, in these parts um, with being part of the volunteer fire department. you got to rescue folks that have got trapped into a grain bin. Let me tell you something. The more that you on your own begin to move, the deeper you end up being sucked into that grain bin. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'd, I'd encourage you, go look it up. That's just how it is in this world. The more that I try, Sister Winnie, just trying to pull myself out of that grain bin of, of sin, that I, I end up getting stuck deeper and more solid in that, in that grain. And it's going to take four or five or six or eight people to come out there with some solid boards to get out there and start trying to dig me out of that, that mess that I've got myself into. I can't afford to try to go deeper into sin when I know that there's help out there for me. Praise God. And I'm hoping this morning that you find that help that you're looking for in him today. Amen. I, I, woke, up, I woke up this morning you guys probably laugh at me, but I woke up this morning. I have I have smart speakers. And how many of you got smart speakers in your house? Yeah. If you don't, you don't. Great. Um, and I know there's a very amount of reasons why you would or wouldn't, right? But I, I have an old big Apple HomePod that is going bad for some reason, and it's got some awesome low end bass sound in it. But that bass sound at 2.30 in the morning, when electricity is rushing to it, often, I don't know why it's getting electric rushes, but you hear it. It's and I woke up at 2.30 this morning thinking somebody was trying to break into my house because that thing was popping so hot and so loud. And I jumped out of bed and I ran downstairs and... I got to looking around, and I realized what a fool I was. <clears throat> and so I unplugged it and went back to bed. But you know, I brought that situation up because I want you to understand, the devil works in those types of situations. We sing about tear off your roof of fear. We sing about tear off your roof of doubt. Let me tell you something. The devil dwells in the land of fear. And what he likes to do in our lives and in our minds is to get us to fear the things that we don't understand. And therefore, he keeps us away from those things. Maybe I should say, maybe fear's a different word in your mind and you're saying, I'm not scared of the things of God. But let me tell you something. If you doubt the things of God, if you allow yourself to even worry about whether or not to, um, I can do this thing or if, whether or not God loves me, let me tell you something. I'm here to tell you this morning that God loves you and God cares for you and God has a purpose for your life. Amen. You know why I know that this morning is because you're sitting in this room today or you're listening online this morning and God is trying to get into your little world and say, hey, here I am. Will you just reach up and grab a hold of my hand so that I can help you up and out of that muck and mire of sin today. Amen. He is able 
to do that this morning. Praise God. Amen. There is transformation power in the scripture. Amen. There is life-changing power in the word of God. If you don't you don't believe me? You know what? There's one here that I know isn't shy about what God's done in his life. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't believe that God doesn't care about you, why don't you talk to Brother Tuffy for a while? Amen. Let him tell you what God's done in his life. I know another one that's not ashamed to tell you what God's done in his life is Brother Blake back there. Amen. You don't, if, you, if you feel like you're hopeless and there's no, there's no hope for you, let me tell you, why don't you talk to some of these men in this room today or these women and ask them, hey, where did God bring you from let me tell you something I'll gladly tell you hey God delivered me out of some crazy places well can I get an amen this morning hallelujah praise God and it was all because God loved me so much that he said hey I'm coming down and I'm going to spend some time amongst mankind and I'm going to die on an old rugged cross and I'm going to take stripes on my back so that you can be healed and I'm going to take the, the, the thorn of crowns on my head and I'm going to take the, the, the nails through my hands because I love you and you've got to be saved. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. Yeah. That's the God that I serve this morning. Hallelujah. I, I, be, I woke up this morning. I didn't have one particular poem on my mind, but there was just this um, uh, this this idea that there was a poem out there that that I I wanted to bring across this morning and I don't know I'm not saying it was a God thing all I can say is that's what I woke up with on my mind this morning and I can tell you I started looking for some and uh, I began putting searches in the internet and I began to find some things and some of them are very good but many of them were written in old English and I was like nobody's going to understand what this poem is saying I hardly had an understanding of it, and I had to look up some of the words that were used in the poem. I mean, you ever been there? You know, you're reading something, you're like, hey, I don't have a clue what in the world is being said here. Yeah, and every day, thank God for Google. <laughs> thank God for Google. Amen. Thank God for online dictionaries, because I'm, I'm constantly saying, all right, they said this. What in the world does that mean? Let me tell you something. Some folks from, I, I, I work with a guy, and he's from South Africa, and he uses some some words that are doozies, man. I'll tell you what. Instead of saying that's super, this man says that's superlative. That's superlative. You ever heard somebody? That, that's what super means. But we, <laughs> well, he's further south than you are. Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you something. When we begin to think about uh, language and how it evolves, it, it, it becomes mind-blowing. So this is, the, this is a poem that I found um, now, I, I'm, not, I'm not of the opinion that God chases us all over the place. I'm not of the opinion he chases us everywhere. But I do believe that God makes it very well known to us that he longs for our relationship. And he blesses us. And he draws us in. He works with us. And he lets us know. And the title of this poem, you may have heard it, it's by Francis Thompson, and he titled it this, The Hound of Heaven, The Hound of Heaven. And it goes like this, I fled him down the nights and the down the days, I fled him down the arches of the years, I fled him 
down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind and in the midst of tears. I hid from him and under running laughter. Of vistaid hopes I sped and shot precipitated. A down titanic glooms of chasmed fears. From those strong feet that followed, followed after. But with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic instancy, they beat and a voice beat. More instant than the feet, all things betray thee. Who betrayest me? This is a relentless pursuit of the love of God. It's ever on our heels every day that I live, Brother Mendez. No matter how hopeless my life seems today, I can still hear the voice of God saying, I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. I'm begging you, come to me. He won't force us in his arms. He won't force us into his bosom, but he will call for us and say, will you come? Will you come to me today, my child? It's relentless. It's ever there. At times, we ignore it so, and before long, we never hear it again. Why? Because we've allowed our conscience to become so seared that we cannot hear from the love of God. The power of his word. You say, preacher, you keep talking about the word of God. Let me tell you something, my friend. Within this book is a four-letter word that I like to preach about a lot. And it's spelled H-O-P-E, hope. You can say God doesn't love me, but I can promise you this book tells me he still loves you. I don't care how far you may stray, the Bible still tells me he loves you. I am told of a young man who even turned his back upon his father, but yet his father's undying love never stopped waiting for his return. Let me tell you something this morning. There are times that sometimes that God will even say, hey, I know that the 99 sheep are fine, but I've got to go find the one that has run off or gotten lost. I've got to go find them. My Bible is filled with tales of love and kindness from a master who loves us very, very, very much. And as I began speaking at the Howells home on Monday, and then Thursday I began talking with Brother Tuffy, and then last night laid out my thoughts a little bit with Brother Mendez, and I began talking, and I went to bed and I dreamed of these things. And I want you to understand that there is hope for you even in the midst of temptation, there is hope for you. Even in the midst of turmoil, there's hope for you this morning. 
I began to think about Moses and the leadership in which God used him in a mighty way to bring up millions of people out of the land of Egypt. And as they came, Moses, he wasn't perfect. God used him, but he wasn't perfect. God gave him the very first word of God. Can I say it that way? God inscribed himself with his own finger in tablets of stone. And he gave the law to Moses. And Moses was tempted after he received the law by having to confront and be confronted by a bunch of people who had decided that they would rather worship an idol than worship the one who delivered them out of Egypt. And Moses, in that moment of anger, took the thing that gave him hope in this situation and he cast it down upon the ground and we find that he broke the tablets and later his consequences were that he had to go back and not God wasn't going to fill them out this time he had to write the tablets of the law this time around and I began thinking about Moses and his emotional uh, situation and what he was dealing with in that moment. And I can understand where he's coming from because he was upset. He was angry. He was mad at a moment. But he was, you could, you could say he was righteously upset. But yet, he destroyed the only thing that gave him hope was the word of God upon the ground that day. But as I begin to think of that situation, then I begin to think of another situation where another man was tempted, just like Moses was tempted. He had a situation come in his life. And we find this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter number 4, where it was Jesus who was fully man, yet fully God. He had been in the wilderness, and he had been spending 40 days of fasting. And here we find him towards the end of his fast and the enemy shows up one day and says to him, I want you to turn these stones into bread. Now let me ask you something. You haven't eaten for 40 days and you know that you have the power to speak to some stones and turn them into bread. Let me ask you something. Would you do it or wouldn't you? I probably would, because as you can tell, I don't hardly go without a meal. Amen. But I want you to understand, I don't, I resemble that remark. <laughs> but Jesus that day looked at the devil eyeball to eyeball, and he said this. He said, I'm, I'm going to remind you of something, Satan. It is written, Matthew 4 and 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, oh listen to this, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus told the enemy, he said, look, yeah, I'm hungry physically, but let me tell you where the source of my strength comes from. 
It comes from the very words that are spoken from the Almighty God. And he used the scripture to thwart every temptation and everything that came against him. And he cast it down by using the scripture. This was a temptation to satisfy his physical needs over his spiritual needs. And Jesus' response was this. I'm prioritizing the word of God over what I need to eat today physically. The next thing we find is that the enemy tried to tempt Jesus and took him to the pinnacle of the temple. And he said, just cast yourself down. And the angels will show up and protect you. And Jesus yet says again, he knew it was the case. It's what the Bible said. The enemy actually used scripture to go against Jesus and try to entice him. And he actually twisted it just ever so slightly. And then Jesus responded to him again and he said this, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil's trying one more time and he said, I, I am asking you, Jesus, if you will bow down to me as he's looking over all the nations in the world and the enemy said, if you'll just bow down to me and worship me, I'll give you all of these places to be yours. And Jesus said this, get thee hence, Satan. Why? For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Can I tell you this morning, this very scripture comes from the very tablets which were thrown down upon the ground that were destroyed at Moses' feet when he became angry. Jesus used the same, very same scriptures to thwart the attack of Satan in his own life. Let me tell you something. Moses had what it took, but yet Moses got so inundated with his life that he allowed his own subconscious to take over at that moment instead of allowing the word of the Lord to do the work that God intended for it to do against the enemy and the effects that he has upon the people. Amen. Had Moses, I don't know what he would have done different. All I know is this. He had what it took to overcome the sin that he was encountering that day. Amen. Let me tell you, Jesus used the word of God and he said, look, Satan, you don't have power over me because God already said so. You have no power over me because God said so. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus knew that the word was already spoken. Why? Because he was the one who spoke it. He was the one who gave it to Moses. He was the one. Amen. Let me tell you something. I, I said this earlier. I'm going to say it again. There is no equal to God, my friend. The devil isn't even the equal to God. Amen. Because the devil is a single angel. God created the angels. The devil wouldn't be except God had created him. There's nobody that compares to God. And so when God says something, guess what? That's it. 
I don't care if you believe it or not, that's it. God said, and guess what? The sun popped into the air. God said, and there was a moon spinning around the earth. God said, and the biggest of whales, the sperm whale, was put right into the ocean. All he did was say. And you know what he did on the sixth day, on the seventh day? He looked at it and he said, man, that looks pretty good. I don't have anything left to do. I'm going to rest today. And he established the Sabbath. I wasn't going to bring this in today, but I want you to understand something. The Sabbath is for us today. You don't have to celebrate on a Saturday. You don't have to worship the Lord on a Saturday. If you don't believe what I'm saying, go home and read Hebrews. It'll explain everything that I'm talking about. But I want you to understand that the rest that we are to partake of today comes through one and one only. And that's him. It's called the Holy Ghost, my friend. He's here to help us this morning. He's here. The word is filled with the plan that he put into motion on the cross. He said, look, I'm extending mercy. I'm extending grace to you through what my sacrifice is going to do. Amen. And I want to, I loved you so much that I laid my life down for those who are considered my friends. Hallelujah. The power of of God's word in Jesus' life. Amen. Jesus' reliance upon what he had already put into motion. He had already put on the stone. He had already put into subscribed uh, 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 rolls of paper. Amen. He had already given it to his people. It was important. Amen. And Jesus relied upon the word that he had already established the entire time he was ministering on this earth. No matter what he faced, no matter what what he encountered. He went back to the word of God because he knew there was power in his word. Hallelujah. And just in case you didn't already know, there's something more powerful and more long-lasting than his name. Did you know that? Anybody know that? What is it, Brother Tuffy? His word. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall partially pass. No, he said it will never pass away. And you know, Jesus himself said, I have magnified my word even above my name. Let me tell you, there's power in the name of Jesus. I've been there. I've been there, Sister Veronica, where I'm spinning out on ice and, and I've already hit the guardrail two or three times and my wife and I call on the name of Jesus and instantly that car stopped. I'll never forget, I, I hydroplaned one day and, I, and we were in a car in my van and we were heading home and I hydroplaned and I was heading straight off the edge of this embankment and there was probably 30, 40 feet drop right there on that embankment and I said, Jesus! And next thing I know, my car just it straightened out and I stayed up on the road and I kept on going. Amen. I was in another vehicle one time. I'm just telling you about the power of the name of Jesus. And if his word is, ex is, 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 is exalted higher than his name, then what kind of power is in his word? I'll never forget. We were coming home from uh, uh, 
Caleb, not Caleb, uh, they used to do Christmas in the sky on, on Thanksgiving evening. And uh, we would always go to it. And it was over at Longview Lake. And we were driving home and it had been uh, sleeting. And we got to one of those bridges coming up onto I-435. I and we're in this 15-passenger van. And we're on the high side of the bridge. And all of a sudden, the, the truck decides to stop. And the van just starts sliding down this way towards all the other cars. And all of us in the van, I, I, as, as much as I can remember, we all began to say, Jesus, help us. In Jesus' name, help us. And I promise you, Sister Kim, Grandma Kim, this, that van stopped right there. And it didn't spend the rest of the time we were on that bridge. Let me tell you something. There's power in the name of Jesus. I'm trying to help you understand there's power in his name. But when God says something, it doesn't change. And there's more power in his word than there is in his name. Amen. And he's come this morning to help you understand. If you need anything, you can find it right here in the word of God. Amen. The preacher ought to be sensitive enough to the Holy Ghost that when God begins to speak, amen, he's able to tap in and find something in this word for his people on a regular basis. Hallelujah. There's power in the word of God. The Bible tells me that the, the, the word of Lord is quick, which means it's alive and it is powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints of morrow and is a discerner. Everybody say it's a discerner. It knows what I think. It knows what I intend. The word of God knows these things. Amen. The word of God is accomplishing God's purpose on a regular basis. Isaiah tells me in Isaiah 55 and 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper. Amen. In the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. God's word never returns void. Amen. The power of the scripture to transform lives and accomplish things. Amen. It will always come through. If God said it once, amen, it's settled forever. Amen. When God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, he meant it. And he's not going back on his word, my friend. Amen. The final thing I want to bring out this morning before I close. Amen. You want to come and, and prepare, amen, something for this altar service. Amen. But the word of God, we read it today in, our, in, in the beginning. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Your word is a lamp. When I don't know where to go, it's there. It shows me the direction. It knows how to point me in the right way. Amen. God is ever faithful. It's the guidance, amen, that I always needed. Amen. The importance of Scripture. Amen. Let me say this. This is not just a global positioning system, but this is God's positioning system right here. If you need to know where you need to be at in your life, just look up this Word of God. He'll tell you. He'll show you. Amen. We just simply need to apply it to our lives. We just simply need to allow God to work in our lives. Amen. The role of the scripture in our life is, is for our own spiritual growth, my friend. The, the, the word of God is here so that we can know what to look forward to. Amen. Ephesians 6 and 17 says that we need to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is 
the word of God. When we feel like it's all hopeless, all we got to do is pick up the word of the Lord and say, God, show me what I need to know today. I promise you, if you woke up every day and said, God, would you, would you, would you point me in the right direction to the right scripture today? Sister Kim said it. He'll do it. He'll do it in a heartbeat, won't he, Brother Tuffy? Every day. God, what is it you want me, for me to know today? I promise you he'll give you a scripture for your day, for you to operate with, for you to expect. And we need commitment to the word of the Lord. We need commitment to the word of the Lord. Joshua commends us and, and, and he, he, he encourages us to meditate on the word day and night. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, I'm not going to go through all these scriptures. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 2, it says you need to delight yourself in the law of the Lord. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, it says let the word dwell in us richly. Let it dwell in us. How do we let the word of God dwell in us? When it goes from just being pages on the word, on the, on a, on, in a book somewhere, to something that we have in our heart that changes us and makes us and molds us into what he wants us to be. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is that thing that helps and leads and guides us. We know about the comforter. We know about being led of the Spirit of God because Romans 8 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want to be a son of God, my friend. I want to be a son of God. And today... I got other scriptures. I got other things to say, but I'm going to forego all of that and jump to the very end of this message. And I want to encourage somebody in this place today. I don't know where you're at in your relationship with God, but I'm imploring you. I am begging you. I am beseeching you. I don't know how else I want to say it, but I am, I am crying out to everybody under the sound of my voice. We need to emulate. We need to, we need to replicate Jesus in our lives. In the way that he depended upon the scripture, we need to depend upon the scripture just like he did. We need to utilize it in our life just like he did. Amen. And when temptation comes, we need to cry out to him and say, Lord, help me, God. Amen. Help me to find something in your word today that can direct my steps and be the voice and the light to my path today. I want to encourage you this morning that there is hope. And it's through the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's through his strength that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. He says this, there has no temptation taken you. But such is in common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. My God. Can we stand this morning? God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. He'll take it from you, but you just got to ask him to do it. Now the passage of scripture clearly states you have not. Why? Because you didn't ask. The door didn't open to you because you never knocked on the door. You never found it because you never sought after it. That's what Jesus told us. 
All of what I'm talking about this morning is right smack dab in the middle of this, this word of God. How do I know which direction to go? Because he told me so. He said it. And I don't have to doubt it. Because when the one who said these things, I know when he said it, planets came into existence. When he said it, worlds began to spin. When he said it, waters were moved. When he said it, light came. And no longer was there any darkness. And if I can finish with this one last statement. That is, when we get to heaven, we're not going to need a sun. Nor will we need a moon. Because the Bible tells me that he, he is the light that will light all of heaven. And he wants to give you a glimpse into what it's going to be like in heaven by allowing you to partake of that light in your life today. Maybe you've got the Holy Ghost. Maybe you, need, maybe you need another good dose of the Holy Ghost. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. All I know is this. I've had a burden about this since Thursday night. Amen. It's been eating me alive. I was just going to do some study and put these notes away and go a different direction. But God has not let me sleep. Amen. Without thinking about these things that I've talked to you about today. Amen. And here I am delivering my soul, my burden over to you. Now my question is to you, my friend, what are you going to do with it this morning? These altars are open. These altars are, are begging you to come and lay yourself down before the Almighty God. If that's so your desire, won't you come and join us around these, these altars this morning? God, I need you today. Jesus, I need your strength this morning.